Hi, I'm Kevin DeCristofano, and normally right there we hear Sean Flanagan introducing himself, but unfortunately we once again had kind of a scheduling thing happened, so I'll fill you guys in. Oh, by the way, we are the Ninja Turtle Nerds, your weekly podcast for dissecting the Ninja Turtle comic book series one issue at a time. And yeah, normally I have my co-host Sean here with me, and we, we do all this at the same time, <laughs> but this week, basically, peek behind the curtain, what happened was we had to change the day we record, um, because one of us had a, a work schedule change permanently, so we changed the day that we normally record, and I had set up all this stuff to happen on one of those days before the adjustment was made, so there was one day that we just weren't going to be able to record that day or any other day that week because, you know, we, he, we work kind of opposite schedules. It's that simple. So, uh, we kind of only link up for this one day and we weren't going to be able to do it this week because prior to that change, I had set up a ton of stuff. It's my girlfriend's birthday. So she's going to have a ton of people over here later on. Uh, that's not going to be a good environment to record a podcast in. And, you know, I, I'm going to be there with her. And then, uh, oh, I had some dentist appointments and other things I have to do. So point is, if this is your first ever episode listening to us, this is not going to be your typical episode. I'm going to dissect my notes on the comic, and then Sean is going to jump in at the end with his. But before we get into that, there's something I've been meaning to bring up on this show that just slipped my mind the last couple of times we recorded, and I really didn't want to see it slip by again. I wanted to send a shout out to Turtle Tales Radio. Turtle Tales Radio is a great Ninja Turtle podcast that if you're listening to our show, you should definitely be listening to their show too. They are at Turtle Tail Show on Twitter, and you can find them wherever you get your podcasts, I think. I listen to them on Apple Podcasts, but I'm, I'm sure they're on more. But Turtle Tales Radio, it's a great show that has been dissecting the tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics one issue at a time. So it's a perfect companion piece to this podcast. And if you're just kind of a casual fan following the Turtles comics or you don't know, basically the Turtles had kind of two different books they were running. So there's the main series, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and then they had Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which had a volume one that ran for seven issues, and we covered those in bonus episodes. And then the second volume is like 72-something, three issues long. So we're not going to be able to cover that one issue at a time on this show and also do the main the main Turtles line. So if you, if you want to see what's going on with those comics, definitely check out their podcast. It's a great show. It's very informative and they do other turtles talk too. So it's, it's definitely worth a listen and I listen to them every week. So they got my seal of approval. <laughs> it's a, it's a great way to pass the time at work. So shout out to those guys. And Sean and I actually do plan on tackling that second volume of tales at some point. I don't know when we're going to do it, but we're not going to be doing it one issue at a time because like I said, they, it's, it's 70 issues. It would be a full, it would be over a full season of our show. So, uh, I think we're going to just cover them in chunks and maybe do like 10 issues at a time. So it will not be as in depth as their tales coverage. So if you're a fan of turtles and definitely if you're a fan of the tales books, 
check out Turtle Tales Radio. It's a great show. But today, the book that we're talking about on our show, <laughs> enough nonsense rambling here alone in my basement. What we're talking about here today on the show is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles issue number 39. It's called Spaced Out Part 2, and it is, again, just like last week, written by Rich Heaton and Tom McWeeny. Pencils by Rich Heaton, Tom McWeeny. Inks, Rich Heaton, Tom McWeeny. Lettering, Rich Heaton, Tom McWeeny. They did the whole shebang, and it came out in September of 1991. And if you've been following the way we've been announcing like what month these come out, I'm basically taking off of the the month it says on the comic, and if it's to be believed, they they were coming out out of order because issue 39 here was September, but August was the conclusion of the trilogy we did two episodes ago. So that's issue 36. So I think w- the issues went... 38, 36, 39, if you go in release order, which is, it just shows you what kind of, what kind of delays they were having behind the scenes there, which Mirage is known for the delays that they always have on their comics. It's like, and look, it's going on to this day, even with when the, while the franchise has grown to this empire of a franchise owned by a major studio, Nickelodeon, they still have delays on the last Ronin comic. So it's kind of funny that it's just like, it's predictable with them. If, if it's a Mirage book or if it's being worked on people from Mirage, like, like last Ronin is, it's going to have delays. Just expect it. So it's time to take a look to give you a frame of reference of what was going on in September of 1991. Here is this month in entertainment. This month in entertainment. So the movies from September of 1991. I have seen some dead months since we started doing this segment, but boy, oh boy, is this a dead month. Like, it's probably the the deadest one we've done yet. There's only really like two movies I recognize in this. There was Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, which did not end up being anywhere close to The Final Nightmare. Um, The Fisher King, The Indian Runner, Necessary Roughness, The Man in the Moon, not to be confused with the Andy Kaufman uh, biopic Man on the Moon, it's The Man in the Moon, Dogfight, Rambling Rose, and then there were a few films that I couldn't even pronounce the title of. I don't know if they were foreign films that, that were like looking for an international release or what, but I don't think anyone's going to know what these movies are. They're, they've got, I don't even know what language these titles are in, to tell you the truth. And now's where we would normally ask Sean which of those earned the most money. The answer is Freddy's Dead. It made $35 million uh, domestically. It was the 36th highest grossing that year. So not a good month for movies. There were like 35 other movies that year that all earned more than the highest grossing movie of that month. Music from September of 91. September 7th, the number one song of that week was Everything I Do, I Do It For You, Brian Adams. 
September 14th, you've got The Promise of a New Day by Paula Abdul. September 21st and 28th, so for the rest of the month, it's I Adore, Me Amor, Color Me Bad. With two Ds, because they're just that bad. In video games, the Nintendo Power cover was Mario riding Yoshi with like a Super Mario World background. And it says, Yoshi and Mario fly super high. Features Star Wars and Final Fantasy Adventure. Which, I remember the Final Fantasy Adventure games on Game Boy. I didn't like them that much. I've seen, like, afterwards on the internet, like, I guess they had their following. I was not a big fan. And apparently they're not even real Final Fantasy games. I remember reading something about this back in the day. If you're a fan of... Final Fantasy, you probably know this, but that series, man, it's got so many ins and outs with its titles. Like, first you've got how Final Fantasy 2 is actually Final Fantasy 4, and how 3 is actually Final Fantasy 6, and then you've got the Final Fantasy Adventure games that were apparently released under a different name in Japan as a different series, and they changed it to Final Fantasy Adventure in the States to try to cash in on the success of the Final Fantasy franchise, so it's crazy little tangent there, but yeah, I never got into the Final Fantasy adventure games. TV events, we've got September 6th, this is a good one, Darkwing Duck premieres on ABC, oh my god, I love Darkwing Duck, I always tell myself I'm gonna go back and read the Darkwing Duck comic books, but... I never do. I know they, they made comics. They had a great video game, which I loved. That and the DuckTales game. Whew. Even the Chippendale game. Like, they were really hitting it out of the park with those Disney cartoon NES adaptations. Those are some great games. And I think they're working on a Darkwing Duck reboot as well. I think I heard that, which it's like... I, I never watched the DuckTales reboot, but I heard nothing but good things. Maybe I'll start checking that out soon. It's probably on Disney Plus or wherever it wound up. It's got to be on some streaming service. So yeah, I got to check that out. September 7th, the Back to the Future, the animated series and Tasmania premiere. Oh my God. That Back to the Future series was like, I I haven't rewatched it since I was a kid, but I remember loving it. And I've heard that it does not hold up like lots of cartoons from our, our youth. It I remember they had those introductions that were actually done by Christopher Lloyd, though. Like, live action, he would be playing Doc Brown and introduce the cartoon, and that was really cool. I remember it seemed like they went to the dinosaur period a lot. Which, the turtles go to the dinosaur period a lot, too. We've commented on this show about how they've had... Even the episode we did with Lenny... They were talking about the, the di- they just love drawing dinosaurs at Mirage. That's got to be it because they just find a way to put, I mean, look at the Triceratons. They found a way to put dinosaurs in modern day. <laughs> and then on September 17th of that year, Home Improvement premiered. September 19th, Michael Jackson, credited as John J. Smith, did a guest voice on The Simpsons. So... That episode's not available on Disney Plus, by the way, which if I had known that, not that I'm a big Michael Jackson fan, but I'm just a completionist and I sold all my Simpson DVDs on Facebook Marketplace when Disney Plus came out 
And I wouldn't have done that if I'd have known that the Michael Jackson episode wasn't going to be on there. Because, like I said, I'm a completionist. So that episode's just gone for me now. If you don't know, in the first few seasons of The Simpsons, the guest stars used pen names because they didn't want to be associated with the show because they didn't know if the show was going to be a success. Now, by the time of this, I mean, I, I know that's why Dustin Hoffman did it. Uh, they they didn't know if it was going to end up being like a mockery of, of entertainment. Like they didn't know if it was going to be something where they'd get made fun of for being on because it was so bad. The Simpsons were like an experiment when they came out. Like they hadn't done... I remember on the director commentary, them talking about how they weren't even sure if they could do a full 30 minute episode of the Simpsons, like a cartoon for an adult audience was such a new idea at the time. But anyway, this is not a Simpsons podcast that, but that episode did come out and it's kind of a, a very often talked about episode. So figured I'd mention it same month as the comic we're talking about today. Michael Jackson was on The Simpsons. Also, Step by Step premieres. Great show. I used to watch that on TGIF. It was kind of the modern day Brady Bunch, which I don't see people talk about enough, but it was, you know, the exact same premise. One guy had three kids, and then the girl had three kids, and then they got together and they had to form a family. And the only difference is they didn't have the guy have three sons and the girl have three daughters. Like they just mixed it up a little, but it, it, it was basically like they, they definitely were just trying to redo and modernize the Brady bunch. And I liked it. I I've another show. I, this is the theme of this episode. It's another show I have not gone and revisited, but I remember liking it at the time. September 29th, Nirvana Smells Like Team Spirit video premieres on MTV's 120 Minutes. So that's a big event. This comic came out the same month as the Smells Like Teen Spirit music video. So this was the month that pretty much everything started changing and becoming what I remember as the 90s. September of 91, we've narrowed it down. <laughs> Maybe I'll start recognizing more of the movies now. We'll have to keep track. Um, summer movie season is over at this point, so we're going to be in October next month, so we'll see. But but yeah, so Nirvana is burning up the charts. The 80s, the 80s like Paula Abdul, um, Color Me Bad type of thing, I think is going to start fading, and we'll start to see more more of this type of stuff on the billboard 100 in this month in ninja turtle news the ninja turtle comic that came out from the ninja turtle adventure comics was issue 24 it says gimme danger is the name of the story while krang slash and belly bomb leaves morbius using a stolen prison spacecraft the autopilot first carries them to an eden planet there they meet bebop and rocksteady who accompany them to earth just like I mentioned in Listen to Turtles Tales Radio, again, for more in-depth coverage, just like we, I mentioned that we're going to do the Tales books at some point, I think we're going to do the Turtle Adventure comics the same way, probably do some bonus episodes, 10 issues at a time, some point, just so we make sure we touch on them. But I think on this podcast, our main, func our main focus is going to stay the main title of the book. Um, we've also talked about, we're going to be doing the movies and the cartoon show in bonus episodes at some point too. It's just, we've got a specific format for that. And 
we really want to get through this first volume of Mirage before we start, you know, going and thinking outside the box. But yeah, look forward to those episodes. We're definitely going to be devoting episodes to the movies and the cartoon show. And just like last month, this issue, this is where we normally tell you where you can find the issue. It's not really available anywhere. They, there's so much going on for reasons. I don't think the, I don't think they own the rights to this story and because it was all, you know, like I said at the beginning, it was all done by this team. And also there's a lot of problematic stuff in this book. So I don't think they really want to reprint these issues. We'll, we'll see if the ultimate editions that are currently reprinting Mirage stuff ever does, but I don't see it happening. It's, this is just like last, last week's book. It's Sean and I are not fans of this team. We'll just put it that way. And I'm sure when you hear him at the end of the show, you'll, he'll back me up on this. So the cover of the issue, there's so much going on. There's, there's a cartoon like crescent moon sky, like the night sky that you would see. I'm, get used to me saying like like in Looney Tunes a lot because these they're very much trying to do this in the style of a Looney Tunes cartoon. So it looks like you would see in like a Bugs Bunny cartoon, the night sky with the crescent moon. There's a fighter jet like helicopter hybrid thing. It's like a military it looks like it has the wings of a fighter jet, but it's got the propeller of a helicopter. So I'm not quite sure what that is, but it launched a missile. And then they do this gag where the missile is labeled. It's got like a, a dialogue balloon pointing down to it where it says, uh, it says smart bomb. And then the missile has a graduation cap and a diploma. Like, so that's just a, a joke they wanted to get on there. And <laughs> The, the rest of the cover is this truck that's speeding down a desert road with Raphael and one of the aliens that we mentioned last issue. He's with, he's got like this Herman Munster haircut and there's a hillbilly that we don't know who this is yet driving. And Raph is wearing like the Mrs. Nesbitt hat from Toy Story and he's in a sundress. We don't know why yet. And the front of the truck has a like pink Easter bunny clinging to it. It's, there's a lot going on. There's a random guy with a sign that says Vegas or bust. There's a chicken crossing the road and I don't know why. <laughs> Get it? Why the chicken? Anyway, um, <laughs> there's an empty can for some reason. It's just, it, there's so much going on. It's, it's like the star Wars prequels people. It's so dense. <laughs> it's the frame. There's so much going on in each frame. Not always a good thing. So yeah, that's the cover. It's a doozy. And if you didn't tune in for us last episode, all you missed, this is the second part of a trilogy. Really all that happened last episode was Raphael was abducted by aliens. And that's kind of all you need to know. <laughs> and, and that these issues are not canon, but he was on the, the farm, which is the O'Neill farm here, even though in the rest of Mirage comics, it's the the Casey Jones's family. It's his farm. So yeah, that's, that's all you missed. You didn't miss much. We open on a nudist colony playing volleyball with naked announcers and everything. Like everybody's naked for whatever, just cause they wanted to draw this probably. And like uh, all, you don't see anything like all their 
parts are covered by like the, the balls that they're playing with and like bushes and stuff, but that's what it is. So, like I said, like, like you would see in a cartoon when they show nakedness, like it's all covered up, but it's like, ha ha, you can almost see it. Anyway, then we see that this is on a, the volleyball game is on a TV that's being watched by an old couple on a farm. And my first reaction is like, this wouldn't, what we just saw would not air on any channel. Like what, what is, no, this this doesn't happen. (laughs) You don't see naked volleyball on TV. And then there's a loud crash as the spaceship that Raphael was abducted into last issue. Oh, last issue ended on a cliffhanger where they were crashing, by the way. So that's all you missed. So Raphael got abducted by aliens and then there were shenanigans on the ship and then they were crashing. So the ship crashes on the farm and we see an exterior with a mailbox that says McDonald. So this was old McDonald. It was old McDonald's farm. That's the joke, which is an okay joke. I, to tell you the truth, as far as like, this is the type of comic that just throws everything at the wall to see what sticks. And I, there's definitely more misses than hits, but I'll admit there are good jokes in this. Like, I feel like if they, if these, if this team had a better editor to wrangle them in and it, again, I don't think Kevin and Peter were paying too much attention to the book at the time. I mean, I'm sure they, they approved this. Don't get me wrong. Like they definitely put their seal of approval on it, but I don't think they were, I think they were washing their hands of responsibility of these, of these guest era issues where they were basically saying like, okay, you know, do, do what you got to do. Um, just have a book ready for us by a deadline so we can put it out and everyone put their own spin on the turtles. And, and sometimes you get crazy stuff like this. Sometimes you got stuff that would have fit right in normally with the normal comic book line. It's, it's a mixed bag. So the aliens burst out of the ship preparing to take over the world and one of them's armed with like this photon gun. The other's got a video camera and then Raphael stumbles out of the ship and he's all dazed and confused. And another thing I forgot to mention. So last episode when Raph was abducted, he was also abducted with a cow from the farm because he was trying to milk it when he got abducted. So the cow also comes out of the ship and the cow immediately sees a bull on the farm and she falls in love with the bull. Like there's like little hearts and stuff. It doesn't get any dialogue, but, but that's what happens. And then we move to another location where the president is taking a shower while singing the national anthem. And again, it's clearly supposed to be Bush. It definitely looks like the the first Bush president there, George Bush senior, which who he would have been president when this came out. So it makes sense. And again, we've mentioned this with these artists. They love, love, love putting portraits of people on the wall. And here we got a portrait of Ronald Reagan makes sense. We're at the white house, but it's, it's just another in the long line of, Oh, I can't have empty wall space. Let me fill it with a portrait of somebody. They just can't resist. (laughs) So the president hears the phone ring and he marches over and there's a funny gag. See, again, there's some stuff that works in here. I love this joke. So you see the president singing in the shower. He hears the phone and he goes over to answer the phone. And then the next panel is like three secret service guys coming out of the shower 
like fully secret service dressed, but like dripping from the shower. And it's, it's, it's just a funny image that you couldn't see them behind the shower curtain, but they were, you know, doing their job following the president around. I thought it was funny. So on the phone is Colonel Bull Moose reporting in from last issue. He tells the president that the military has deciphered the exact location of the UFO crash and he's sending his men to the scene. We then go to Rath, who's watching the aliens try to conquer the Earth in this farm town by their, like, zapping scarecrows and stuff. Like, it's it's this, like, wacky situation where they don't know what they're doing. They think they're taking over the Earth, but they're really just zapping a bunch of scarecrows, which, again, I thought that this works. I, I would actually almost argue, like, most of the book works. It's just the stuff that doesn't work is so off-putting that it negates the stuff I like, so... It's interesting to analyze these on a podcast here, like page by page. I'm, I'm noticing, I think I like this book more than I thought I liked it. <laughs> but again, when we get to the offensive stuff, it, it sets it back so much. So there's this other funny gag where Raphael looks directly at the reader while they're like zapping the scarecrows in the background, the aliens. And he says, I just need to keep telling myself only 17 pages to go. And I'll bet Sean's going to make some comment. I haven't listened to his audio yet. I don't even think he's recorded it to send to me yet. So predicting right now, he's not going to like that joke. He's going to think that it's like this thing that only like, he's going to be like, yeah, I'm with you, Raph. I hate this book and only 17 pages to go. I'm trying to get through. But I thought it was a cute joke. Eventually, Raphael yells about how they don't have time for this nonsense and he smashes their camera and then he sees a sundress on a clothesline. And he has an idea, like a literal thought bubble with a light bulb and it pops up. On the next page, the farmer's wife calls in about Raph taking her clothes off the clothesline. And the local sh- she calls the local sheriff and the local sheriff freaks out because the line goes dead. The aliens like cut the phone line, I think. And, and he thinks there's an alien invasion coming from what he's heard in, in everyone knows about the crash. So he starts preparing to skip town. And as he asks himself, there's another panel where he says, what would Andy Griffith do? Which was probably funnier at the time, but you know, I kind of get what they're going for here. It's a small town. He's a little small sheriff. There's this panel. That's just another panel where they're just trying to shove every weird image they can think of in, in the, the prison's jail cell. There's a sad, like, homeless clown, but there's not really any payoff to it. It's just, hey, this kind of looks funny, so I'll put it in the jail cell. You know those, like, those, like, hobo clown, like, stare. You'd kind of see them in The Simpsons and stuff like that. That's what's in the jail cell. And then there's also something under his bed, because they throw, they they don't let a single inch of panel go wasted. (laughs) There's something in his cell under the bed and I think it's supposed to be a spider but it's huge I'm going to post it on our Twitter and our Instagram at TMNT nerds it's I think it's supposed to be a spider but it's very poorly drawn so get at us if you think this is supposed to be something else but I'm going with spider even though like it's weird like the bars I think it's because the bars of the cell made them have to draw it a little differently because it's behind the bars. So I don't know. I'd, I don't think they succeeded in their efforts here. 
So then we see a town hall meeting of Simple Town, which it says like on a sign earlier. That's where they are. It's called Simple Town. Get it? Like Simpleton, Simple Town. It's kind of cute. Uh, the sheriff tells them to all remain calm. And of course they immediately panic and they start like, like they literally just like burst out of the town hall, like through the windows, like everything shattered and, and they're going nuts. And the sheriff follows them out and sees that they are like kind of standing in just outside the building. And he's like proud of them for all staying in town in this chaotic situation but there's this bit where he says that they say that the only reason we're here is we just remembered ain't none of us even own a car and it was very this was very like ren and stimpy to me is like it it definitely seemed like something ren and stimpy did these weird like hillbilly jokes a lot and i'll post this one on the twitter and instagram too it's that that's what it reminded me of so back on the O'Neill farm, not the Jones farm, there's two pages devoted to a joke that almost worked for me, but not quite. The turtles are still dreaming of that sexy turtle from the last issue. The other three turtles, Raph's obviously not there. And Splinter is doing this astral projection thing, and he sees their dream, and he tells the turtles that they should be ashamed and to think of the young, impressionable readers. And I, that's the part I liked. Like, I, I thought that was a, a cool fourth wall break. Like, oh, think of our young impressionable readers. Like, they're aware that the franchise is gaining a younger audience at this point. Like, that we read one of the Turtle Tracks interviews where Kevin and Peter are talking about how, you know, little kids looking for the Adventures comics will pick up the Mirage books and, and, people looking for the mirage books will pick up the adventure comics and there's this great like mixing of audiences going on and i thought it was a great fourth wall break when he was like think of our young impressionable readers but then they ruin it because like splinter takes the sexy turtle away saying like she needs a spanking and it's just too pervy i'm i'm not giving you the full picture on this show because we you know we're keeping this a family friendly show but it's a predictable joke and it doesn't really work because why would Splinter want to run away with a sexy turtle? It like, it's like, I get the idea you guys are going for, but it doesn't work. So this should have been, this shouldn't have made it into the issue. This should have just been something you joked about while you were making the issue, <laughs> but you had a solid joke. You didn't need to take it to this step here, which ruins it. I don't know. Let us know. Maybe, maybe you listeners out there love this issue and, you know, and, and I'm just being overly sensitive, but what do I know? So on the next page, Raphael, he's in the sundress and he's preparing to hitchhike back to Casey's farm. And again, I don't know how they're getting away with this, but they, they've done this in the other two issues we've covered these guys for. They just it's just copyright infringement. Every issue in the background of this one, it's the Roadrunner from Looney Tunes because they're in the desert, running away from a coyote, and they're drawn. They're drawn lawsuit perfect. <laughs> it's like there was Daffy Duck uh, in the first comic we did for these guys, Mickey Mouse in last week's issue, and now the coyote and the Roadrunner, and they're all drawn 
exactly like they're not like imitations of them where you could legally get away with this. It's I think they were just like, oh, we're a small publishing company. Nothing's going to happen. It probably helps that they only make one print run too, because like, what are they going to do? Tell them to stop printing this issue. Like they, they probably only printed like 20,000 copies of this. Anyway, the pickup truck from the cover stops and Raphael gets in and he's on his way. He was doing some hitchhiking in the sundress and so were the aliens. They decided to stow away in the back of the vehicle. So now we know what that cover is. It's this hillbilly that picked up Raph. He got in the sundress so, so he could hitchhike. And then we go back at the crash site. The farmer and his wife and their dog go are investigating the crashed spaceship. So they go in to investigate. And again, another just random thing they want to fill the frame with. There's this part in the background where Spock and Captain Kirk from Star Trek are, they're in the panel for no reason, to tell you the truth. They don't, they don't say anything. They don't do anything. They're just like getting beamed down because they wanted to draw those guys, I guess, <laughs> because it's a, a story where we're talking about aliens. There's not really a connection. And then they go inside the UFO, but I don't, th I don't think Kirk and Spock are like law drawn lawsuit perfect. Like that's, that's a Animaniacs, Tiny Toons, Looney Tunes type of gag where they're kind of caricatures of them. But then they go into the ship and Mighty Mouse is on the TV inside the spaceship. And that's not a caricature of Mighty Mouse. It's drawn exactly like Mighty Mouse, just like Roadrunner and Coyote. They weren't caricatures of those things. They were drawn exactly like those things. So it's, it's so this, this, these three, I guess four, if you count the other one, such a weird set of comics. Like, ugh, so I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I, I hope you guys check out our Twitter and Instagram so you can see what we're talking about. I really can't wait for this guest era to be over. Like, I just want, I just want to get to the point where it's in continuity stories again and normal turtles books. <laughs> like, and we're, we're, looking at actual turtles history and not just a weird experiment, but it's, it's fun to look at it while it's here. You know, it's, it's an interesting break. They see mighty mouse on the TV and, and then there's this random throwaway joke. There's this like racist native American depiction. And like, I don't, I don't even want to get into it. It's, it's just one of these like, oops, we didn't mean to cut to that. That's the joke, but it's again, unnecessarily sexual. It's like all these things in bed, what in a bed together. One of them is like a really bad depiction of a native American. It's all right. Let, let's skip over it. So then <laughs> this is what I mean by like a bunch of the jokes will work for me, but then it'll get to something. And I'm like, ah, no, <laughs> an editor should have stopped this then the guy who picked up raf in the truck he he tries to get handsy with him this comic is just horny um <laughs> he tries to get handsy with raf and and they crash the truck as a result and then there was a, another gag i actually liked where they say meanwhile back in the stone age wait we went too far back and it like showed some cavemen i like that like that's the version of the joke you did with the, with the 
people in bed together, I said a second ago, the people in bed together version doesn't work. <laughs> Not the way they did it anyway. This meanwhile, back in the stone age with a bunch of silly cavemen, that works for me. Without Sean to bounce off of, like, it's just so weird to talk. I'm basically talking to myself about, <laughs> about these comics. And, and I hope this episode, you know, does something for you guys because we, we didn't want to miss an episode and, and, and have to skip a week here. But it's just like, this was a weird comic for this to happen for. Now the farmer exits the UFO. And unfortunately for them, as they're exiting the empty ship, the, the army arrives and mistakes them for alien invaders and arrests them. And then again, so this guy does work for me. Okay. So I see what they were doing here. The comedy comes in threes. So they do the same gag a third time. So if you're going to keep for this pattern, I, I, I kind of get it now where that first one, they needed this gag there, but it should have been something a little less that <laughs> you did that one. Then you did meanwhile in the stone age. And now you're doing meanwhile at Mirage studios and it cuts to, it shows Kevin and Peter fighting about why they let those guys do the book. And it's like, Oh, it was your idea to hire them. No, it was yours. And it's like Kevin Eastman and, and Peter Leard fighting. And I'm just now wondering, does this joke work for me? Because the issue isn't that good. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, is it like accidentally meta? Like, I wonder if this would be as funny to me if I actually liked these books. Like, if, if this was a book I really liked, would I read this joke where they say, meanwhile in Mirage Studios, and they're fighting, oh, no, you hired them. No, you hired them. Would I be like, oh, why are they fighting like this? This is, the, the guys did a good job. Why, why would you be mad? So... At least it seems like these guys are aware that their book is insane and going to come across as insane. And they have to be aware of that. Otherwise, this joke wouldn't work. So back to the pickup truck. Things are getting kind of heated in the pickup truck that crashed. The driver... Oh, I... I did this a little out of order, but yeah. So basically the comic ends with back at Simple Town. They're like preparing for war with the aliens and... I, I, I was wrong before when I said the truck crashed, it actually crashes here. So they, they, the, the, the driver's trying to get handsy with Raph and then it cuts away to the meanwhile mirage thing. Then it cuts back and they're, they're fighting in the truck and he's like, Oh, wait a minute. If you're not driving and I'm not driving, who's driving. And I forget, do they have the alien? Yeah. The little aliens are driving, but they like, can't reach the pedals. They're like, one's working the pedals, one's working the steering wheel. And they drive right into the town, right through all the barriers they were setting up and stuff. And that's the end of the issue. Like it says, yikes to be continued. So we're going to get the third part next week. And we will find out what happens with this Ninja Turtle that crashed into this town full of hillbillies. That's the story. So yeah, it's kind of weird summing up these by myself, uh, but it, a lot happened in this issue, and I hope you guys got something out of this episode. Uh, we're going to have Sean's thoughts on the comic in a minute. I'm still going to bring you, I'm still going to bring you your Ninja Turtle facts though. So, oh, rating. So I gave this issue a 2.7 
which is like 54%. I gave it a 2.7 out of 5. And I remember when this comic would have been seen as like good, but I think we've moved past this type of humor as a society and, and as an art form as comic books are like this type of humor is done better in other things. Like Gwenpool is a good example of a comic that is just straight up nonsense. And I don't know why a lot of people don't like Gwenpool. And I feel like they just are going off of what they've heard about the book and haven't given it a chance. If you've got Marvel Unlimited or or any way of reading it, I I highly recommend you read at least the first story arc of Gwenpool. Especially if this is the type of humor you're looking for, because it's another book that's just straight up nonsense, but it does it better. <laughs> I don't know how to even put my finger on it. It's just like the humor feels like it's more of one cohesive idea. It fits better. So yeah, I, I just, this isn't the worst book this team has done either. So I tried to rate it a little above that one, which I can't remember what I gave that issue. I think I gave that one a 2.5. Um, so yeah, this is a 2.7. It's not their worst, not their best. Not an issue I will return to very often, though. So, yeah, 2.7 out of 5. I don't know what Sean rates it, but that's what I'm going with. And now we can do some toy figure facts. Pizza power! Terminate the turtles. Oh, goody. Fresh turtles for lunch. Turtle soup. My favorite. <laughs> you shellheads are dead. From Playmate. So I know I told Sean I'd stop doing Michelangelo last episode. He he kind of made fun of me for doing too many Michelangelo figures, but I feel like I had to pair it with Michelangelo for this one, even though, and I will he's gonna complain. I, I see it now. Even though the entire issue is about Raphael, okay? I had to pair it with Farmer Mike and his turtle tractor. <laughs> so Farmer Mike and his turtle tractor was this this toy, you know, he's got like, it's basically a tractor. Kind of looks like the tractor you see in like any cartoon drawing of a tractor. And his accessories are a spiky foot skewering pitchfork and a sand shifting shovel. His favorite crop, pizzas, favorite fertilizer, pizzas, favorite chore, eating pizza. And then it says description. When Mike gets tired of the rat race, no offense Splinter, he likes to head back to nature. Farming the land in the classic turtle textured tractor and growing all natural pizzas, Farmer Mike is getting back to basics. That turtle tractor makes the simple life even simpler. Planting and harvesting time is easy when Mike's in gear riding atop the green machine. And the action tractor is the perfect way to mow down the foot too. It's sad but true. Every now and then, Mike has to pull a few weeds and whack a few foot. His sand shifting shovel makes digging and whacking quick and decisive. Mike's also ripe and ready with his spiky foot skewer and pitchfork, 
perfect for plucking pizzas and skewering those city slick foot folk. When Farmer Mike gets done plowing down the foot into fertilizer, he gets to harvesting his all-natural pizzas. Some of them grow as tall as corn stalks. Now that's the life. It was originally part of the 1993 Farmer Turtles line. And it's weird that it's called Farmer Turtles because this is the only figure in that set. So I don't know if they planned to make more and didn't. Or they, like, I don't know if they were going to make one a farm thing for each turtle. But they only released Michelangelo. But it's possible they might have planned to do others because the next year they did eventually do uh, in 1994 there was they did another like single figure set and this time it was Donatello and I and Sean said that Donatello was the other figure I picked too much so I'll try to do Raph next week when we're back recording together or, or Leo or somebody but I don't know I'm I'm back to wondering now like I wonder calling it the farmer turtles if that donatello that came out a year later was supposed to be paired with this michelangelo then you at least have two you got mike and don it's weird that they don't do all four though but they probably figure you know you just need the tractor you don't need four tractors you need one tractor and four turtles but i don't know but they don't make other farmer turtles so you need them to be in their straw hats it's it's weird so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the plan was here, but yeah. Figure we got lots of hillbillies and farmers and they crash land on a farm and this is the uh this is this is the toy for this issue. I stand by it even though it's another Michelangelo. So, yeah, Farm and Mike. And that is everything I have to say about this issue. Thank you guys very much for listening. I'm going to kick it over to Sean. And before I do, I just want to remind you guys to check out Turtle Tales Radio. Great podcast. Again, I've been meaning to plug them on here before, so I'm just going to plug them like five times to make up for it. <laughs> Turtle Tales Radio. Go check them out. It's a great, great Ninja Turtle show. There's a lot of other great Ninja Turtle shows out there, too. There's Turtle Recall. Uh, oh, you know what? I can't start listing them all. Ninja Turtle Minute. Look, look as I do it. But um, <laughs> I'm going to feel bad about the ones I leave out, and I didn't prepare... A list. So if if you're not on this list, don't take offense. I just, I just, it didn't pop into my head because there's so many of us now, and it's it's a great community. Booyaka Show, definitely check out Booyaka Show. But yeah, that's I'm gonna stop now before I make commit to a list and forget somebody. So yeah, th- definitely check out those other turtle shows. And thank you guys very much for listening to us. And next week we will be back talking together about the epic conclusion to this third part of this trilogy spaced out part three see you then hey krang bring that statue back you bloated beanbag hello i'm sean flanagan welcome to a very disjointed episode of the ninja turtle nerds kevin and i are both here just not together some scheduling problems but you get both of us in this episode so hey it's not all bad right today we are on mirage issue number 39 which is spaced out part two script pencils ink lettering by rich hedden and tom mcweeney 
came out in September of 1991. So before we dive into my thoughts on the book, let's look at this month in entertainment. Movies released in September of 1991. There's Rambling Rose, never heard of it. Dogfight, never heard of it. The Man in the Moon, never heard of it. Necessary Roughness, I know the poster, but that's it. The Indian Runner, never seen it. The Fisher King, one of the best movies ever. If you haven't seen The Fisher King, I highly recommend it. It's like the least out there Terry Gilliam movie, but it it's just... It's just awesome. I, I can't say enough good things about it. The dogs are agreeing with me. And Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, which was the biggest grocer of the month in 1991. Ah, I mean, outside of Alice Cooper playing his father, Freddy's Dead is... It's pretty bad. <laughs> but, you know, if you're into horror movies, you know that. And I, I will die on this hill, but... I still say the Friday the 13th franchise is the only slasher franchise that is entertaining the whole way through all 12 movies, the remake included, even part 5, though disappointing, you know, is entertaining. But the Nightmare on Elm Streets, they're, they're pretty solid throughout. It's really just Freddy's Dead and the remake that are bad in that, that instance, so... Music, Billboard, September 7th, number one song, Everything I Do, I Do It For You by Brian Adams. I know that one. September 14th, The Promise of a New Day, Paula Abdul. I don't know that, but I guess that's Kevin's mom was rocking Paula Abdul in the 90s. And then uh, September 21st and September 28th, I Adore Me Amore, Color Me Bad. That's a good tune. Video game news, the cover of Nintendo Power was Mario on Yoshi, promoting Super Mario World. Yoshi and Mario fly super high. Features Star Wars and Final Fantasy Adventures. I think I played Final Fantasy Adventures. I think it's in the collection of mana. If it's the Game Boy game, yeah, I think I played it. It was okay. Events and TV, September 6th, Darkwing Duck premieres on ABC. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's a great show. September 7th, Back to the Future, the animated series, and Tasmania premiere. Oh, Tasmania. Why isn't that on anything yet? Put it on a streaming service. That was a great show. Really underrated. September 17th, my wife's birthday, Home Improvement premieres. One of the uh, 90s sitcoms that actually holds up. September 19th, the... Now banned episode of The Simpsons with Michael Jackson as a mental patient premiered. September 20th, Step by Step premieres. It's not one of the better TGIF shows, but not bad. September 29th, big one. Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit video debuts on MTV's 120 Minutes. Um, guessing that's, you know, two hours of music videos. And Ninja Turtle News. Issue number 24 of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventure Comics comes out called Gimme Danger. Which, let's see, Krang slash Belly Bomb leave Morbus using a stolen prison spacecraft. The autopilot carries them to an Eden planet. They meet Bebop and Rocksteady who accompany them to Earth. That just sounds confusing. 
So, getting into the cover of issue 39. Oh, my God. Oh, these guys like to put everything on earth into it. You got a, you got a Chapa going after a smart missile. You only have one of the aliens for some reason. Some random man and Raph with a flowery hat in a pickup truck, which has hit a rabbit that kind of looks like the Nesquik rabbit. There's a creepy looking dude with a sign for Vegas or bust. And of course, there's a chicken crossing the road because why wouldn't there be? I, I don't understand. <laughs> like... I get kind of what they were going for in this issue, but this whole nudist colony, it's just, it's weird. Like, it's just weird. There's a creepy bear in the bushes, and I don't understand why we have this going on. Like, there's commentating, there, there's a, a naked cameraman, and what looks to be a camel if Dr. Seuss drew it, and a goblin in the bushes? I, I don't understand what in the hell is going on in this right now. But that's on the TV. There's a creepy, creepy farmer. And his... Looks to be already dead wife. Are watching TV. Uh, the spaceship crashes in the background. It's the McDonald farm. Oh, okay. I see what you did there. So, Spaced Out Part 2. You get a nice two-page spread of... The trail left by the crashing UFO carrying Raph and the aliens. There's a cow with a buck tooth. No, I'm sorry. That's the fence post. Okay. That makes a little more sense. I'm gonna say, I've never seen a cow with buck teeth. Another really weird looking pig. That, uh, it looks like the bully kid from Phineas and Ferb. I can't think of his name. And then just, you know, a scarecrow. And desert. In the background, it's this issue's all over the place. So the aliens jump out, and there's a tortoise and a hare near their spaceship. Raph kind of stumbles out. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of how they draw him. Uh, the cow comes out, and oh, I'm sorry, this was a bull in a pen. This was the bull. It wasn't a, you know, a cow, but. So the cow and the bull run away together and fall in love. Very Looney Tunes-esque. One of the better gags, I guess. And then we're, we're back to President Bush, who's in the bathroom with his uh, stylish American flag rug, which seems like something you wouldn't want to walk on. Curtains and his shower, shower curtain and looks like his towel, too. And uh, the the one gag I do like here is he's rushing out of he's rushing out of the shower to answer the phone, and then is followed by three Secret Service guys, also with towels. They still have their ear ear radios in and sunglasses. And yet another, let's put something recognizable in the wall. There's uh, a picture of the Three Stooges. Mo is kind of obscured, but you can clearly see it's Curly and Larry. Colonel Buford Bull Moose is reporting in to President Bush, yelling through the, through the phone. He has apparently the biggest helicopter ever, because there's almost an entire base worth of guys in it. So they're out looking for the UFO. 
Now we have Raf next to a simple town 10 miles sign. And the the aliens have mistaken the scarecrow for an earthling. Um, one of them is filming the other. That's kind of funny. He keeps telling him to be more menacing. And there's a snail that looks really sad. I don't know why. So the, the <laughs> they zap the scarecrow and all it does is removes its clothes. So it has a wife beater and polka dot boxers on. People go through the trouble of, you know, fully clothing scarecrows underneath. And then they uh, turn the laser onto the pig. And then uh, Raph kind of <laughs> sympathizing with all of us here. As he says, I just got to keep telling myself only 17 pages to go. Only 17 pages to go. But there's also a part three. So we're, we're not out of the woods yet. So now they got to figure out how to get gas for a UFO without being noticed. Raph gets upset and steals the alien's camera and smashes it. I guess Robert De Niro is so famous he's known through the cosmos as one of the aliens says he's De Niro in a half shell. And then uh, Raph gets an idea with the little light bulb gag and decides he's going to steal this woman's dress and sun hat to disguise himself. And again, there's just a random chicken. I feel like these guys are very afraid of empty space, so they just throw everything known to man in. So we go inside to Farmer McDonald's wife, who's very much alive now. Though their house is really in disrepair, like there's cracks in the walls, <laughs> paint chipping, windows broken. So they call Fat Hitler Cop. Yeah, not not a good design choice, fellas, because he looks like Fat Hitler. He's freaking out because he's going to be late for a train, but they don't have a train station. So as he's going through his desk, which contains a pineapple, a bowling ball, a skull, and a toaster with a piece of bread in it, on the wall is wanted Stradley impersonator and editor. Yes, an editor would have been nice for this whole three-part arc. Fat Sheriff Hitler has got himself in a tizzy. He wants to know what would Andy Griffith do. And there's a hobo clown in the cell with... A really funky-looking millipede that looks like it got crossed with a cockroach. Again, negative space is okay, guys. It really is. So they call an emergency town meeting, which, oh, this is a busy panel. It's a full-page spread. So he's... (laughs) The sheriff is uh, asking everyone to remain calm in the crowd is a bear that I think we saw in issue one. The, uh, I'll love him and keep him and call him George alien. Uh, two tall aliens that look similar to the aliens who are main parts of the story. One lady who's posing for no reason. The bull, because, you know, why not? And the very back of the panel is the Frankenstein monster, a matador. And right at the door looks like the guy who rats out Luke and Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars. You know, the... It it looks like that guy. And then on the balcony is a guy getting ready to hang himself. And another guy getting ready to shoot himself. Because apparently we're on a suicide joke run. So the bottom, bottom of the page is everyone screaming and running out of the town hall every way possible. Again, 
lot going on here. You got a old man in a wheelchair bursting through a window. You have King Kong's hand holding Andaro for some reason. And a kangaroo. Because, you know, why not? Whatever we think of, we're going to draw. So up next, we, we have all the farmers, I guess, show up. This ah, God. So the there's a big... Well, they're all hillbilly looking, really. One's got a beard like a Muppet, so all you can see is his nose. One's a scantily clad girl, because, you know, ha-ha, hee-hee. <laughs> One's just a big, ugly, hairy guy. And then we go back to the helicopter, which seems smaller now. And they're about to hit a duck. And then we go back to uh, the farm with the turtles, where they're dreaming about the sexy Hello Nurse turtle. It, it, it's just weird. It's just really, really weird. The boys are dreaming so so hard that they're making the bed jump up and down. And they're making the ceiling fall on Splinter. So he's going to send his astral form up to tell his teen sons to stop uh, getting uh, excited about the Hello Nurse Turtle. So he pops up through the floor in his uh, astral form. There's a mouse with a big block of cheese, because again, everything needs to be there, and the Hello Nurse turtle suddenly is about modesty and is shrieking and covering herself with a towel. And then, yeah, I, I don't like how these guys draw the turtles. Like, they just look dumb. Like, it's just the way dumb people are, are drawn and things, you know? One of them has a buck tooth, and then astral plain shredder steals hello nurse turtle and tells her she needs a good spanking uh it it's creepy it, it's just really creepy i don't like it it's just i get what you're trying to do but it it fails so now we're back at the sign for town and raf is disguised and looks fatter I don't know, there's, there's no consistency to these turtles other than it's a horrible look. He's near the simple town, 10 miles. He's doing the old, you know, hold your leg out gag. There's a pickup truck coming towards them that says, I break for Elvis, and the license plate says, duh. And very clearly, Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner are uh, running down the street. Raph punts the aliens out of the way so he can get the guy to stop. And it's a big hideous farmer, because that's all there is, who uh, has beer cans, a, a coffee cup, and a uh, large turkey leg with a piece bitten out of it all over his dashboard. So Raph has succeeded somehow in getting this guy to pick him up. The aliens jump in the back of the pickup truck, and just to really hit home the awfulness of everything... The gas tank is taped shut. So we go back to the McDonald farm, which again, it looks like a barren desert. I don't understand how this is a farm, but uh, the wife is bringing tuna casserole to the spaceship. And uh, Kirk and Spock have beamed down also. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty, pretty good William Shatner likeness. It's a pretty terrible Leonard Nimoy likeness. And, uh, yeah, you have something that, you know, hasn't aged great, as Farmer McDonald says. You found the trespassing varmint. 
looks like one of them newfangled Japanese imports. So, yeah, it doesn't hold up. The bull is serenading the cow. And uh, (laughs) Farmer McDonald gets on the spaceship, which now has a moose bust and a block of melting ice for some reason. And there's a Mighty Mouse cartoon playing. Then we go to a ranch where there's a cowboy, an Indian, a horse, and a lady in bed. And it's just a gag panel. Oops, sorry. Wrong story. Uh, It's just a waste. Total waste. So, back to the pickup truck, which looks like it's driving towards the mountain from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Again, stuff everywhere. There's an elephant. Uh, There's a guy hitchhiking. There's a lizard lounging, listening to the radio. So, the creepy farmer guy is hitting on Raph. Really trying to force himself on him, so Raph punches him in the face. To which he responds, I like a woman wit spunk. Then the uh, truck veers off the road, crashes through a billboard. The aliens are having a pretty awesome time in the back. Meanwhile, back in the Stone Age is the next panel. This gag didn't work the first time, so please stop putting it in. So Farmer McDonald and his wife and dog get out of the flying saucer, only to find (laughs) the army is there now. Yeah, again, the the panel is just way, way too busy. There's a wind-up toy British guard in the lower left of the panel. There's a snake charmer, a stormtrooper, a burglar. Yeah, th- th- there's just way too much going on in this. So the army attacks the couple that are clearly human. It, again, there's a guy with a parachute, a guy with a fish, a guy doing a sack race, a guy attacking them with a sandwich. And then the general just screaming, God bless America. (laughs) It's just not good. It's not good. Meanwhile, back at Mirage, uh, Eastman and Laird are fighting each other. Eastman is saying it was your idea to hire Hedden and McWeenie. And Laird is saying, no, it was yours. But I don't know. Kevin Eastman looks like a caricature of John Carpenter. And Peter Laird just looks insulting. Like, I don't know. He... I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> it's it's not very good. So now you're on Main Street in Simple Town. God, this is way, way too much going on in this book. So the, the farmers are all downtown waiting. One of them's doing a high wire act. One's taking a bath. One's chasing a sheep. Uh... I can't think of it now, but there's one of those Viking guys from a comic strip carrying a big boulder. Uh, There's a guy playing golf. Uh, There's just so much going on. There's no reason for it other than nobody said no. So Jethro, who is the guy hitting on Raph, shows up in his pickup truck. And uh, they call off the forces. Sheriff Hitler tells everyone to stop because it's just Jethro. Again, just, oh, God, the truck's driving into town. They're catapulting a guy at him. Somebody's got a bazooka. There's one guy just being evil looking with a double-barreled shotgun pushed through the barrier. And this guy is still trying to cop a feel on Raph. It's just uncomfortable. So, fortunately, the aliens have taken control of the truck to get us the hell out of here. 
And uh, they're so small, one of them has to just stand on the pedal and the other one steers. So I kind of like that element to it. So they're going to drive through the barricade. And that's the end. It yikes to be continued. And yeah, I don't like this trilogy. Like the more I, I'm reading it, the more I feel like it's actually worse than The Time Traveler. <laughs> Because at least there were more things in that I enjoyed. I mean, it's not issue 34 bad with going so dark. It's just like, whoa. But, uh, I mean, if I had to, you know, rate it, I guess it's a 2.1. Because it just, it's just too much going on in it. It's, you know, every single thing they came up with, they put on the page and it's... It's too busy. It doesn't work. And most of it's not funny. Um, some of it's cringe. And I, you know, I know it came out in 91, but I don't know. So, some of it's just too much. And you, you, good God, Kevin, really? Again, another Michelangelo figure? Oh my God, man. Farmer Mike. All right, let's see what Farmer Mike is fetching on the Ebays here. Why do you... You're obsessed. Obsessed. So you can... Oh my god. Pre-owned in the box complete. $375. You're going to pay. Factory sealed brand new. $480. I guess he's a pretty rare figure because his shovel by itself is asking for $30. And then, yeah, he, he, he and the tractor... They're all over a hundred bucks, like just him and the tractor separate. Oh my God. So apparently that is a pretty rare toy that people didn't buy. So yeah, you, you can uh, get his sand shift and shovel for $30 on eBay. Favorite crop pizza, favorite fertilizer, pizzas, favorite chore, eating pizza. Boy, they didn't try at all on this one. <laughs> Mike gets tired of the rat race. No offense, Splinter. He likes to get back to nature. Growing all-natural pizzas. He's mowing down the foot in the tractor. Tractors are slow. It, it would be like that scene in Austin Powers with the steamroller if he was trying to drive over the foot. Oh, alright. He's His spiky foot skewer and pitchfork is so he can skewer some foot soldiers. Okay. His natural peach pizzas, some of them grow as tall as corn stalks. What? <laughs> Of course, so 93 they released this Michelangelo, 94 they tried this again with Farmer Don. Yes, I'm going off Kevin's notes here. Yes, you, you pick these two guys too much. Do Raph, yeah, damn right you're going to pick Raph. Like, <laughs> good God, he's the best turtle. So yeah, I don't know. Um, Overall, really wacky trilogy. We close it out next time, thank God. But... You know, as as we've said before, it's interesting to go through this run and to look back at it, especially because Mirage is kind of all over the place. But yeah, the, these guys are probably my least favorite who have worked on the book because I don't think it's going to change in part three, but I feel like their four issues were really just a waste of paper and 
mirage resources that could have been devoted to some other stories. So, so that's it for me on issue 39 of Mirage TMNT. Join us next time when we'll be together at the same time. Uh, as Oh, wow, we're already going to be on issue 40. That's crazy. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening and continuing to go on this wacky journey with us through volume one of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And uh, we will see you next time. The Ninja Turtle Nerds is a fan-supported podcast. If you'd like to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash tmntnerds. If you'd like to see images of the comics we discussed in this episode, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at TMNTNerds. Have a question or comment for us? You can email us at TMNTNerds at gmail.com. And if you like the show, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you very much for listening.